Welcome in to episode three of 30 Racket Sports. It's Sunday, November 3rd. Joined by me, Psycho Browns fan Greg. To my left, the raging Ohio State homer himself, Zach. Zach, how's it going? Doing good. Hello, Ohio. Glad to be here. To my right on the ones and twos, possibly the only person in the Cincinnati area who still follows both of these god-awful teams, the Reds and the Bengals. Josh, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing just fine uh, with my Reds and my Bengals. And everybody here rocking in the Cincinnati area that is still rocking with the Reds and Bengals. We're on a bye week. We're all relaxed. We got an extra hour of sleep last night. We're taking the day off. We're good, man. We got a big interstate basketball matchup coming up on Wednesday. We're good. Well, we'll get to all of that in just a second, but as we always do on this podcast, this 30 Rack of Sports podcast, to get through all of this Ohio sports, we're going to need a beer or two. You know, someone asked me this week, do you, do you guys, are you guys actually drinking the beers <laughs> on the show? And of course. I'm like, do you not hear the, the you know, you know, pop on pop, like, would we lie to you people? Would we lie to our listeners? No, we already get fed lies from whenever we have to listen to Baker Mayfield in an interview or whoa, whatever. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. We get lies from Mike Brown when he says he likes how the team's been competing hey, all year. Hey, we're both bad. So let's we gotta stick together on this. We gotta stick together. All right. Well, speaking of Cleveland, uh, first two weeks were Zach and Josh's choices, but I'm bringing a little bit of Cleveland flavor to the Thirty Rack of Sports today. We are drinking Fatheads, one of my favorite breweries, the Fathead Starlight German Style Lager. Oh yeah. Josh already started. Yeah, I, I got a little bit of a head start. And may I say that it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I recently went to the new Fatheads facility. Um, it's humongous. It is massive. It is massive. And they got a great little uh, self-guided tour you can do. But, I mean, not just the fact that, like, you know, their distributing is there now, too. And that itself in itself is massive. But mm-hmm. then the actual, like, tap room you know, uh, souvenir area that the whole, the bar, the bar is real long. It's a huge facility. Very nice. Is that in Berea? No, I think it used to, well, it used to be over that way, but Mm. it's right off the highway now. I've seen it. I've driven past. Yeah. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, uh, right on the can here next to (laughs) the fat head. That's right. Middleburg Heights. The old place used to be in North Olmsted. Now they're in Middleburg Heights. North Olmsted, the home of Casey Redmond. There you go. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it basically looks like a giant manufacturing complex, mm. like the building. So yeah, uh, certainly happy to be drinking a little bit of Cleveland beer here today. But uh, we're gonna go a little bit more overarching and get into a little bit of Ohio news to start you people off on this wonderful Sunday. Oh yeah, Ohio news. I can't wait for Ohio news. But uh, first, we we need that thing that tells us it's news times. <laughs> There you go. All righty. Into some Ohio news. A little bit of a slow week. Obviously, Bengals on the bye week. Ohio State on the bye week. But a slow week. I'm still sweating from last night, oh, man. Oh, yeah. But some big things happening. Uh, last night in college football, your Cincinnati Bearcats survived quite a scare down in Greenville, North Carolina against the East Carolina Pirates, kicking a last-second field goal by Sam Croza. To beat the Pirates forty-six to forty-three, 
Guys, what the heck happened out there? Uh, it's Greenville. Yeah. I mean. Greenville's tur- turning into the AAC's Purdue, where yeah, weird, just... nonsensical things happen. Um, <laughs> you go, you're like, oh, it's kind of nice down here. And then you just stumble through a doorway at some point that takes you into La La Land. And then you go out there in the game and look like zombies the first half. So uh, Zombies that commit many penalties. So, oh, yeah. fun little stat from this game. Uh, found this one. On Reddit, this is the what the third time in the last six years that UC has beaten ECU on a last-second field goal. So wow. for whatever reason, they give us a lot of trouble in football in Greenville, and then in basketball, there's always that Saturday afternoon game that they seem to struggle with. So. It, I, I don't know what... Yeah, I don't know. It's just some sort of struggle that they have there. I don't know what it is. 18 to 22-year-olds. That's yeah. what you're dealing with week to week. I think, you know, hats off to them. They pulled it out. Sometimes you just got to survive. Yeah, sometimes you kind of go into these games thinking you can just show up and win. Have the, you know, have the number next to your name, which sometimes gives you a little bit of this false uh, invincibility. Quick stats there. Ritter, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for the Bearcats, 12 of 24, 161 yards passing, a touchdown, but two big picks. Did have 121 yards rushing. Uh, Michael Warren. The big back had 140 yard, 41 yards rushing and three touchdowns on. Put it on his back. 18 rushes. Obviously, no big problems with the offense giving a, or getting 46 points, but the defense just undisciplined. Too many penalties. Ooh. Gave up 43 points and gave up 535 passing yards, that's, which is the second most ever by a UC defense. That secondary looks slow. Though everything just looked like those. I mean, I don't know much about ECU, but I don't think they got a bunch of burners out there kobe bryant at one point i unfortunately uh did not get to watch a lot of the game uh was uh had had to work last night and uh did get to listen to most of the second half on the radio and i remember in the third quarter dan horde at one point uh saying kobe bryant cornerback had uh four penalties so far in the third quarter mind you it was late in the third quarter three of them pass interference and when you go back and look at the highlights those pass interference it's yeah Slow, just beat off the line of scrimmage immediately, just beat every time, pulling and tugging every time. And there's stuff like there's there's penalties like that, and then there's the false starts and everything. There's just you can't have ten penalties in the first half. And this is what will separate you when you go and play uh, if you do get to the New Year's Six Bowl or at ever, like next year if you schedule a Power Five team. You won't get away with that. Yeah, it's amazing that you got away with it last night. If you're playing a, a mid to high level SEC or Big Ten or, or Pac-12, you know whatever team, you you can't do all this stuff. I mean, too many passing yards. I know. Uh, I listened to some of the game on the radio too, and the one thing that Dan Horde was talking about was, you know, when you get punched in the mouth early on defense, sometimes you really expect to kind of set the tempo and when you're not setting the tempo you kind of get off balance and it forces you to do stupid things maybe you know your pulse gets ratcheted up pretty quickly and you start to say and do stupid things because there were plenty of uh personal fouls on the bearcats plenty of just dumb mistakes by the defense and it really hurt them and got their team in a hole that was almost too big to climb out of they were down you know 10 points in the fourth quarter so something that they really had to work to get around. I yeah, think. I mean, I, I will I will say this, is that, yeah, I mean, the resiliency is incredible. Um, and uh, 
And and I think Fickle put that best. And if you haven't uh, seen Fickle in the locker room after, head to our Twitter at Thirty Rack Podcast. The guy's wild, just losing his mind, but a big sigh of relief. I mean, more rightfully so to come out of that. But yeah, I mean, to overcome that that many penalties, to overcome five hundred thirty five passing yards. That four touch, four passing touchdowns, and only one interception. That interception, huge, yeah, huge that's a, interception. That's yeah, a come to Jesus there. moment. You know, that's why they got to look at you. Got out of there. Go back, break down the film. Sometimes this can be a catalyst. That sometimes these teams need it. Penalties are clean. You can clean that up. And I think like the coverage was just a lot of stuff that you can clean up as well. So scary, but I think you just got to look at. I got the W, and you get out. And I, I, I would. Agree with you wholeheartedly there, Zach. And I think also good news for them is they still have one more kind of easy game to try to fix some stuff. And I mean, they play UConn, who's one of the worst teams in <laughs> the division. They shouldn't one. even have a football and so, so they get to play them next week, fix some issues, and then when they start to have the difficult end to their schedule with, uh, what, Temple and Memphis. I got the big, that'll be a big so. Memphis game now with Memphis beating SMU last night at the Liberty Bowl. That'll be a big game at the end of the year now. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to Ahmad Brooks. I know we – or not Ahmad Brooks, Ahmad Gardner. Um, for I know we just kind of knocked the Bearcats' defense a lot, rightfully so. They got a lot to fix. But Ahmad Gardner had the huge pick six in the UCF game that turned the tides there. Had the huge pick six last night that really saved saved the game for them. Uh, young, young guy – Real high football IQ, you know, I think he's going to turn into one of the bright spots here for the Bearcats. Defense. And that's one of the things. If you can be a ball hawk, I mean, you saw how the pick six had changed both of those games. You can make some big plays on defense, set the tone, which they started to do late in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. You can really turn things around for your team. But, uh, you know, defense is great, but I think it all starts at the quarterback, Ritter, well, only 12 of 24 did rush the ball pretty well, but is going to have to throw more when the defense comes behind him. Yeah, and it's and it's big on third down to have the throw too. The Bearcats right now don't have you know that quick slant or a quick out now that they can easily convert uh, a third and five on a pass from Ritter. They yeah. they they very much lack that in the offense right now, um, and you see that all the time on third downs with them. Um, not to say that they don't get those third and fives, um, those third mediums right. with a Mike Warren or Doak's run, but that's the know, problem. You're one dimensional. Yeah, right? exactly. So, if and you want to make that push, the Bearcats are good. If you want to make that push, you're right there on the edge. If you want to make that push, you got to clean up the penalties mm-hmm. and you got to be able to pass the ball, move, the, be a two dimensional offense. Yeah, and I mean, better teams will be able to, you know, key in on one part of it, of an offense and take it away because that's what good defenses do but uh going from one quarterback situation in southwest ohio to another quarterback yeah. situation I, in southwest I was ohio say, speaking of taking yeah. the uh <laughs> the ball the defense is taking the ball away from a quarterback but uh yeah so first off i mean josh where do you want to start do you want to start finley or do you want to start with uh some carson palmer comments uh I don't know where to start with this right now. Let's, I kind of want to start with the Dalton. Let's benching. start with uh, let's start with the Dalton benching. So uh, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, just before the trade deadline, the uh, Bengals announced that after their bye weeks so and next Sunday, they will be starting Ryan Finley against the Ravens. Andy Dalton on the bench. Uh, Dalton, 
I guess we can possibly start with that. Dalton very upset. Part of the reason was he found out he was benched about an hour and a half before the trade deadline. Not enough time to try to figure out a possible trade for him to maybe play somewhere else. So really didn't work out for him. He's upset about what he's done, you know, what he's gotten after what he's given to the um, Rightfully organization. So. Rightfully so. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think, yeah, obviously the Bengals are super against trades, as we've <laughs> mentioned too many times. But I think Dalton hasn't been, has not been good this year, but has shown that it's maybe some of these teams that have some terrible quarterback situations or some that might have some injured quarterbacks, you know, he could maybe help, you know, at least even out the ship for some of these teams. Uh, yeah, I Dalton this year has definitely, sh- I, I don't want to use the word regress, but like it's it's kind of hard not to. Mm-hmm. He's definitely like, like I've I've always been a Dalton defender, but this is the first year where it's been time after time again. Like even when you do the rare chances, you do have a clean pocket. Mm-hmm. He's overthrown Boyd all the time. I know you don't have Green. I know you don't have you know the great offensive line, but respecting a little better than this. But yes, I think you should have given him the option to at least discuss it with him, mm-hmm. you know, and give him that option and give him more than three hours <laughs> to maybe work out a trade with someone else because, yeah, he could be a good asset to another team. Um, so I don't know, and I feel bad because, yeah, like if you have the right pieces around Dalton, mm-hmm. Dalton can help you win football games. He yeah. might not go win you a Super Bowl, but he can help you win football games. Mm-hmm. And you sh- he should have had that chance. Well, I think this just good. I mean, yeah, I think... I don't. I feel good franchises where people want to go play. This points out once again, there was an opportunity there for the Bengals to get some assets, which they desperately need. They're obviously already deciding, which most people figure we're moving on from Dalton. We're going into a rebuild mode. This isn't Zach Taylor's guy. There's an opportunity there to end on good terms. You both can get something. There's teams who yeah. would have. I mean, I don't know what you would necessarily would have gotten, but. Honestly, anything look. anything is a chance here. If you, yeah. I mean, a fifth, sixth round right. pick, you know, you've seen some guys that have shown, you know, sometimes for better front offices that maybe do a little bit better job scouting, but you can <laughs> find some diamonds in the rough in the yeah. fifth, sixth, seventh round. So really anything that they could have gotten is helpful. And when you're trying to go through rebuild like here, any any extra darts that you can get to throw at the board and try to get someone is, is worthwhile. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I do like if this I just want to say real quick, like if this is the end, like, you know, like Dalton has been like a lot of people love to hate on Dalton. Like, oh, yeah, I really don't think we go like regardless of whether we won the playoff games or not. I don't think we go to as many of those with without Dalton. I think yeah, I, I think, think you guys are shown. spoiled. I was just looking at the uh, old list here from who started at quarterback from the Bengals from Boomer Esiason and Andy Dalton. That's a list full of Akili Smith, Jeff Blake, Schroeder, um, oh. numerous uh um, John Kitna. John Kitna. John you know, you had a couple years of Carson in there, but I I think looking back Bengals fan, it's hard to find. Here's the thing, Andy Dalton's not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, those are once-in-a-generation type, and only a handful of teams ever get those in a a period. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, (laughs) Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, just not a whole Uh, lot of teams get I mean, but I'm just saying is I feel like Bengals fans, hey, he was a solid to good quarterback. He's smart. He has a decent arm in the right system. This is a bad football team. It's not all on him. You're right. 
Right. And I just think their Bengals fans are like, yeah, Ryan Finley. And I think you're going to hit reality real hard here. So moving forward now, you got Ryan Finley starting the game next week. Uh, Finley hasn't thrown in a regular season NFL pass, but, uh, you know, the stats that we have from the preseason, 47 of 64 for 414 yards, three touchdowns and an interception, much of that coming against, you know, second and third line defenders. So I guess Josh is the person that's probably followed the Bengals the most from us. I mean, do you expect to see anything? Do you think there's a jolt of energy? I mean, a lot of this offense has had some issues. It's been a lot more than just Dalton. I mean, do you think anything's going to change with Finlay beyond center? I, I think things could change. And here's the thing is that A.J. Green is is expected to make a return out of the bye week mm-hmm. uh, when we play Baltimore. Um Thank God, says AJ Green, fantasy owners. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I think I think you do see a bolt of energy. Maybe I don't think you really see much in the way of quarterback play. Like mm-hmm. I really don't think you see much change there. Um, I will like like you said, uh, Driscoll looked great um, at the uh, or Driscoll. Excuse me, Finley looked uh, <laughs> Finley looked uh, great at the end of the preseason there. Um, yes, against the second and third lines. But, um, yeah, I'm really not expecting anything too different from quarterback. Was a quarterback, I mean, just think seven or eight months, or, well, probably about nine months ago at this point, was at points projected to be a first-round quarterback. I think the Bengals got him in, like, the fourth round. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least worth a shot if you're, if if all point, all signs point to the Bengals going for a quarterback. At least see what you have. Everything him, I guess. I've heard from scouts, they really like him. Yeah, he's, he's got the he's tools. He's been high on him, and like I, that's what I. That's why I say I think AJ Green will be make a bigger mm. impact and be a oh, bigger yeah. bolt of energy well, coming sure back. Andy's like, what right. the hell, man? I've been waiting. Now you're gonna bench exactly. me. Exactly. That's why. Yeah. That's what kind of sucks about that is that because because now you have Green and Boyd. Mm. Um, you have. I, I think I think it's fair to say Erickson's played. You know, stepped up a little in this offense and has uh, drawn some. Much deserved attention, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's 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 tough to see that and like that and the, on the poor guy's birthday. Uh, um, oh, was it? Yeah, it was on his birthday. Yeah. Oh my god! First of all, here's the thing about that: this whole like it was what was it an hour, two hours before the trade deadline? That's yeah. not one. That's not a decision. You should that decision had have been made previously. If not, that just speaks to the Bengals ineptitude. But I mean, I don't know. I I think I, I feel bad for the guy. I think he's a consummate pro and. I think he's still got some football. He's not yeah, that old. As someone, as someone that saw him in what, whenever the uh, the Reds had the All Star game, so just a few years ago, mm-hmm. get booed viciously mm. at the uh, right at yeah. the what there softball was the M- game, was the MLB yeah. All Star yeah. softball, yeah, game. These, Bad, these celebrity softball. Games, I'm telling so. you, I mean, I'm I'm a Packers fan, so I'm spoiled. We went from Favre to Rogers, but look at all these other franchises. I'm just saying, I think. Exactly. So, I, and that's why I think I think people. I don't want it to become a like Carson Palmer situation. Like, oh, I you could know, be Dalton. Dalton's Dalton's you know been great for us. And I do want to say, I if if you haven't yet, fans are kind of rallying behind Dalton mm-hmm. uh, and uh, sending in fourteen dollar donations for number fourteen to the Andy Dalton Foundation. That's cool. Uh, I'm gonna do the same for us from Thirty Rack of Sports and put in fourteen dollars to the Andy Dalton Foundation. Encourage you to do the same, Andy Dalton org where you can go and do that we'll tweet that's that out. cool and uh we'll get our intern to tweet that out yeah we'll yeah, get our intern, intern on that at 30 rack podcast on facebook and twitter 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want this to become a Carson Palmer situation. Yeah. And I don't think it will because Andy Dalton's not an asshole. But uh, I mean, it could be to a point where he doesn't want to come back for things down the road. You know, if you're exactly. celebrating, and that's always sad to see. Speaking of Carson Palmer, though, <laughs> and him, I guess being an asshole, he had quite a few things to say. He's, he's, um, he's been had like a few. It's been like 14 years, was, man. Get over it. <laughs> uh, Palmer was on a podcast interview with uh, John Middlecoff's with Three us? and Out, uh, part of the Colin Coward Podcast Network. Uh, he's coming. We, we've next, he's our, coming next week. We've sent our intern out to uh, try to get a hold of him. Even after I called him an asshole, I'm he's sure. been. He's been. I'm sure throwing, he'll be. I'll show. He'll be. He's been it. throwing little pebbles at his window. <laughs> Carson. Carson. <laughs> Brooker. Yeah, that's that's our, our intern, intern Brooker. <laughs> um, but just to look at some of the stuff that he said about the um, the Bengals, he said, "Hey, you can't go to Cincinnati. You can't go to Cincinnati. It's a it's a quarterback graveyard." He said, "Hey, I'm going to go make a difference." But um, he was just disappointed with the way the organization, you know, did some things. He said, "We were close to." Winning, uh, you know, we won our division. We had a good year. We were close to getting good, and we needed some key pieces. But um, the Bengals would never get the key pieces that he needed. You know, they've been cheap and stingy. And what's new? Yeah, he just he just got tired of it. I mean, one of the biggest shots was uh, him complimenting the Raiders organization. Oh my He's been God. a dumpster fire for years, saying the Oakland Raiders were just a solid organization. No, they are not. Comparing the all- Bengals. To, we're calling the Raiders a solid organization is oh quite a shot. Uh, here's 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 my favorite thing. Here's my favorite quote from Carson Palmer on Three and Out with John Middlecoff. Carson said, "Quote: There's so much pressure on quarterbacks as it is when you have to worry about some idiot making the decision on a roster move or hiring coaches or some of the stuff you have to worry about when you have that added pressure and stress of not trusting the organization." And knowing, and knowing that oh, they that don't know what they're doing, that's just an added amount of stress that you don't need as a young player. Don't thinly veil. Unquote. Don't thinly veil that. Just to say it's Mike Brown. Some, no, <laughs> I, I mean, just love who the, else could it be talking about? I, I know, that. but like, just say worry, it. Just have say to it. worry about some idiot is my favorite part of that because that is quite honestly oh. what we're dealing with. Some I mean, idiot. And Greg, you brought it up earlier about like – Let's, tying it back to the whole Andy Dalton thing is that if you had traded Dalton, and this is why this is why I was kind of against any trade, and I've kind mm-hmm. of been in the minority on this. Everyone's like, "Oh, the Bengals should have run the trade market, and yada yada." What do you? Because it would have been smart. Yeah. What are you going to get? Because let's look at let's look at the past couple years and tell me what draft picks that the Bengals have made in the past couple of years currently are starting every Fair. day and making an impact for the Bengals. I mean, that, that, you that's have, on the scouting department. Something. Yeah, I mean, and the that's... scouting department is two people. But I'm saying is, okay, I understand, but my, but my saying is, so you're just not going to do anything? Yeah. So here's, mean, the, here's the thing with the Bengals, though. You can, you can put everything on the fact that they've been drafting terribly, which they have. Yeah. See, you know, Cedric Abouye, Billy Price, all those guys. But at some point, you have to get as many tosses at the dartboard as you can get. Because if you're not going to sign many free agents, there were some rumblings about them signing Quan Alexander after he was let go by the Buccaneers. Couldn't, didn't end up doing it because they didn't want to spend money. So if you don't want to spend money, then the only way you can get better is through the draft. And the right. only way you can 
do well through the draft unless you're an elite scouting team like the Patriots is just take as many shots as possible. Well, the Browns have had so many draft picks. A lot of them bad, but a few of them have been decent players. They got Mac Wilson in the fifth round. He's been a solid starter, I mean, and he was a fifth-round pick. So the more darts you have, the, the better you can be. The draft's a crapshoot, one. You're just going to hope some hit. You're going to have good years and bad years. It is. Two, the NFL, it's not like Major League Baseball. You know, they don't have a cap. So if you are a rich team, it doesn't even matter that the Bengals don't spend money in free agency because even if teams have the money, you're limited because of that cap. Every team has to build through the draft. Yeah. I mean, I mean, usually you only get a couple guys right. through some of that stuff. I mean, you stuff. can add some pieces, like, yeah. but you're going to build the core of your team through the draft. Well, and the other part with the Bengals is, I mean, you know, they've – they have been the same organization for 20 years when it comes drafting players, not making trades, not signing free yeah. agents, rewarding their own guys. And at some point, you have to realize that that formula isn't working. You know, you can't you can't sign Bobby Hart to a three-year, well, $21 and, million dollar contract. And that's, you can't do some of that stuff. And at some point, I know you're trying to earn the reputation as a we-take-care-of-our-guys kind of organization, but so far, they don't really looking have at Colin, Carson Palmer's um, words, they haven't earned any kind of positive reaction from any players in the NFL. No. So, no. taking care of your guys, whatever. What you have to do is be a competitive team. I've seen it with the Browns. No one wanted to come to the Browns, and now they got some pieces. People want to come over. You have to show that you're competitive and at least somewhat competent. Oh, yeah. And if the Bengals aren't going to do that, then they're never going to get to where they want to be. I just, I just want to put a couple, just to bring more on this on Mike Brown here. Mm-hmm. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to, you know, level on some things and make that's fine with all of us. Make, yeah. make it clear that like whether you have, it, it, and here's the thing is that Mike Brown is all about the quarterback. He, that's all he really cares about is yeah. that the quarterback, you, your bell cow quarterback. That's what he wants. I mean, he, yeah, Kelly Smith, Jeff Blake, he John wants, Kitt, all about but, it. But here's, but here's how here's he thinks that's it. He literally mm-hmm. thinks that's it. And here's how stubborn in that that he is. At one point, he said, "quote If you don't have a productive quarterback, you won't go anywhere," which is fair. Well, yeah. I know it doesn't seem that simple, but it is. Uh, it's not the whole oh, thing, yeah, though. Yeah, man. it's just like you can't be like, "Oh, well, we're not a good football." This team. isn't the you NBA. I mean, this it, isn't like, the NBA. Yeah. You can't have one guy. And if you look at it, you've—I mean—you've seen it time and time again. I don't think anyone here is going to say Andrew Luck was a bad quarterback. No. Andrew Luck was a great quarterback. But when you don't have an offensive line, you don't have any weapons. I mean, you don't at, have a run game. Your look, team finishes look, six and ten, and Packers, you're out of the playoffs. The Packers missed the playoffs two years in a row with Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying. Do you want? Me oh, to, well, we're talking about good quarterbacks. Do you want me to finish <laughs> this quote from Mike Brown? Because it gets worse. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He, he goes on. He goes on. This is a, from a 1999 interview. Um, but but <laughs> he hasn't clearly changed. Clearly hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. Um, so he says, "Yeah, I, I know it doesn't seem that simple, but it is. The quarterback is the hub of the wheel, like a queen on a chessboard." These other guys are like rooks or bishops or other pieces that are not quite as valuable. That's just a fact. I mean, damn, uh, Wow, son. Mike Brown has obviously never played chess in his life. So that's how I mean, that has, that. has yeah. looked through a little bit of chess strategy. No I big mean, deal. I dabble. But, I dabble. Yeah, you dabble. But every piece is important to some degree. Every so piece yeah. that is That is why when you go through contract negotiations with an Andrew Whitworth, like you're currently drawing out negotiations that seemingly aren't going that well with A.J. Green, mm-hmm. it's because you have an owner that does that looks at these guys and says, 
you're not as valuable. I'd rather focus on Dalton or Finley right. yeah, or but, Tua or yeah, whoever but, comes next. Yeah. I mean, Whitworth wasn't like a you know an almost Pro Bowl left tackle that made it to a Super Bowl or anything last year, right? No, no, he wasn't. Okay. He wasn't. Right. He, he might have been aging and just you know like right. you know awesome. held, held down the anchor. Of he the probably Super Bowl. he probably yeah. was just retired or something. Yeah, no, he's a wash up. So, <laughs> but. We don't uh, before Josh blows a gasket, yeah, I think it's probably better for all of us and the listeners if we move on to maybe some teams with higher hopes, higher expectations. Oh, we're only on the second thing. Oh, yeah. All right. Sorry, um, I was heated. Yeah, you were. But we're moving on to, uh, if some of you guys may have not noticed, I know there's a lot of sports going on, but college basketball is starting this week. Tuesday's the first day of games, but Wednesday's a big game in Ohio. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats go up to Columbus to play Ohio State. I, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm speaking mm-hmm. for all of us, mm-hmm. but I love having this series oh, back yeah. together. It is. I mean, it's so much fun. Um, I, yeah. I mean, what I loved was great. I mean, Chris Holtman has been one of the big pushers of this. I mean, from the Ohio State side. In the past, Dad Mata, totally against as much as UC wanted to. But I love that Chris Holtman's come in. It's like. I remember they when they had the press conference, like, you're going to try to schedule UC and stuff. He's like, yeah, well, I don't know why we don't. How fun is that? Yeah. And then right the other, down the road. The other thing is for both teams, it's one of those things, and you know, there's a whole lot of math that goes along with, <laughs> with getting into the tournament. Yeah. But these are two solid teams, mm-hmm. top teams. So it's not like in you know maybe football or something where right. oh, an Ohio State loss to UC would be a big deal. If Ohio State loses to UC, which I, we, I mean, I mean it's still early in the game, it's still yeah. early in the season, yeah. So, but it's not a bad loss. It's hey, no, you you played a tough team, and we'll reward yeah. you for going out and scheduling difficult. Right. It's not playing the Arkansas Pine Bluffs or the Coppin well, States of the world. That, that's my my point. When I know people bash Ohio State, and they obviously played UC this year, and they've been playing more in football. But my whole point, when I used to tell people, is why. What's the what's there to gain for Ohio State? You lose, that's really bad. And if you win, people are like, oh, you should have won. It doesn't matter. We're basketball, like you're pointing out, much more even. Yeah, and they're it's solid of, wins. And it's one of those things where a loss doesn't hurt you right. for tournament yeah. odds. But say, you know, I mean, I haven't looked too much into the Big Ten preview in Ohio State. But if you're one of those teams that's kind of on a bubble, mm. a, a win either for UC against Ohio State or a win for Ohio State against UC is a I mean, it's just a huge help for getting you into the tournament because right. they're two good teams. Uh, Zach, do you want to mm-hmm. preview some of the Ohio State roster? Yeah, What's been going on over been, this um, offseason? Over this offseason, I mean, um, you know, they lost a few starters, but, um, you know, brought in the 14th ranked recruits in the country. So we got some young kids. Um, you know, probably starting lineup, you're probably looking at the Wesson brothers led by Caleb Wesson, obviously our star center. Uh, probably Big Ten Player of the Year. Yeah, Wesson's, I think, you know, some people have been saying top 15 player in the country. Right, yeah, I mean, so, um, you know, he's going to keep them in the game, and um, they're still still young. We're only in year three of the Holtman era, um, but, you know, they're going to probably have Muhammad, Luther Muhammad starting, um, along with Kyle Long and C.J. Walker at the point. So bringing some experience back, um, and then... Honestly, I saw the other night in their preseason game this uh, DJ Carton, who was a four-star recruit at point guard. He looked really good. I think he had about 15 points in limited action. Um, you know, really what's exciting this year, they're going to have a pretty tough uh, tough schedule coming into this. They play, uh, obviously they play UC, but then they also play Nova, who's number 10 right now, UNC at 19, and Kentucky at 2. Um, and then West Virginia's thrown in there as well. So Which is always a tough team. I mean, that oh, Huggins yeah. defense that Huggins, is just something. Yeah, that, full yeah. court pressure. Um, 
So, like, I still feel, I really don't know. I mean, they're preseason 18. You've had some people, I mean, I even heard a few guys put them in the top 10. You've had some people unranked. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting year. This is really going to set the tone for Holtman's era right now. Um, but I'm optimistic. I think, you know, definitely a tournament team. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, looking on the other side, uh, obviously Cincinnati losing uh, Mick Cronin to UCLA. Uh, took on Northern Kentucky head coach John Braden, who led a team that was just transitioning into Division One to two tournament appearances in three years. So has a good resume. Um, ton of newcomers. Few guys have transferred out. You know, some graduates and whatnot. Uh, lost like uh, Nizier Brooks to Miami, but as far as newcomers, got a few guys from the Horizon League, which is you know, which uh, Braden knows pretty well, but got. Uh, ACC Player of the Year, Jaron Cumberland, mm-hmm. coming back, who, who's a top 15 player in the nation. Got his cousin, Javian Cumberland, from uh, Oakland, mm-hmm. up in um, Michigan, Oakland yeah. University. Uh, was three for three. Looked like he was hitting everything on the floor in their exhibition. Um, got Zach Harvey, who's a top 50 recruit. Had uh, actually reclassified from 2020. Had some, uh, some legal issues in high school. Seems mm-hmm. to be past some of that stuff. UC able to get a good recruit out of him. Uh, he's working pretty well. A uh, couple new centers on it. Uh, Jay Cirola from Valpo and then Chris Vogt, who was an NKU transfer, who followed uh, Brandon, uh, was able to get eligibility. Mm-hmm. Looked really good in the um, in the exhibition game, obviously playing D3, Thomas right. Moore. But team looked really good. Will be a huge difference. If any of you have seen UC for the last 12 <laughs> years, it's been... 55 to 50 grinded out games uh mm. brandon is much more of a we're gonna shoot we're gonna run better offense it's different offense than i've seen in the last you know 10 he's years a little more up tempo he's right? very up tempo he that. wants to run yeah. stuff you know quick in the shot clock saw a mm. ton of stuff where action was happening you know 20 18 seconds in the shot clock which is way quicker than you'd ever see under cronin so it looked very good and then also to your point, Zach, with uh, Holtman, mm-hmm. Brandon has also come in with a plan of, hey, we want to schedule people to help us get into the tournament. And that's something that Cronin really stayed away from. As we mm-hmm. mentioned, they play Ohio State, of course. Of course, Xavier in the Crosstown shootout. Um, Tennessee, Iowa, and then also some sneaky good teams, Vermont and Colgate, mm-hmm. both tournament teams last year. At least teams that can, you know, give you some... Right. Maybe quad three, quad two wins. You've so. also got you've also got number fourteen in conference, Memphis. Yeah, yeah and yeah, you've yeah. got a top team in in Memphis in the conference. So they're picked to finish, you know, top three in the conference mm-hmm. by pretty much everyone. Memphis, them, and Houston are kind of the cream of the crop. So I think these are two teams that are on the way up right now right. and have you know have looked good in past years. Obviously, Cincinnati, it's going to be a big change. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's kind of. More in their ways in the year three of Holtman, but uh, right. should be an exciting game. Oh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what both these teams, you know, I'm excited to see what Brandon brings. As a big Ohio State fan, but I am a UC alum, so I mean, I am excited to see that. Um, Ohio State, obviously, continuing the Holtman era here. And I think, like you pointed out, I'm excited about these schedules. But finally, I think Ohio basketball is yeah. just so I, boring forever. Yeah. Mata and Cronin never wanted to schedule anybody, and it's just yeah. it's nice to it's see cool people now. who want to. Yeah. We want a, a lot battle. Of good games yeah. coming here. It's cool because, you know, it helps with scheduling because I know there have been tons of times in the past so many years that you felt like Ohio State and Cincinnati have gotten, you know, 
underseeded in the tournament, you know, been a seven when they mm-hmm. should have been a five or four, and, you know, maybe been a four when they could have been a two or one seed. So great for both teams. Um, still early in the year, so very tough to predict. But uh, I just want to – I really hope we can get back to – I know both both uh, both coaches have discussed this. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of the – I don't – I haven't heard any of the lower-level schools discuss this, but if we could get back – to you know, a crossroads classics yeah, like Indiana has that would be cool. And yeah, do like a UC Dayton, Xavier, Dayton, Ohio State. State you maybe know. throw Cleveland State in some years or something. Uh, yeah, or yeah. An Ohio. Yeah, based or, on I mean, yeah. whoever's whoever's the the cream of the crap. Cleveland State yeah. has a, a ton of issues. Yeah, this we'll, year, well, but, uh, we'll discuss that later. We'll though. discuss that later. Uh, before we get to Ohio teams, uh, we are recording a little bit earlier on Sunday. Some of us have a four twenty five Browns game <laughs> to get to, so. Thanks to you guys for, for recording early, but we're just going to do a quick Browns preview. Uh, feel free to laugh during it if we're completely off base. I'll probably be 100% correct. But, yeah, we, uh, okay, we, 14 Browns, and 2 over the here. The Browns are playing uh, the Broncos in Denver today at 425. Uh, Broncos, Joe Flacco is out, uh, I think, five-plus weeks with a neck injury. Drew Locke still on IR. Broncos starting third-string quarterback, Brandon Allen. Jeez. Browns come in off... Uh, a few straight losses, lost last week to the Patriots. ton of turnovers, uh, quite a few penalties again, but have an opportunity to fix it against a uh, offense with some I mean, uh, big warts already and starting a third-string quarterback. Browns four points favorites. Zach, what do you think happens today? As much as I love just picking against the Browns, they they can't. They can't lose, right? I mean, the the the, the Broncos just basically said, yeah, we give up. They win, bench Flacco win, or for yeah. an injury, if I guess. If you can't win this game, then then yeah, like I don't because if you do win this game, then you have such an easy schedule the rest of the way. It's a joke. Such an easy schedule. You have a freaking cakewalk the rest uh, of the yeah, way. Yeah, you've got some stuff to uh kind of fall back on and Yeah, I mean if with. you win this game, then you mm-hmm. take this and you run with it and you go. The Browns aren't out of it. They just I they really need to get back to their fundamentals, man, because you've got all <laughs> yeah, these get the, great get the Turnovers and the penalties out of it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you've got great pieces there. So Baker coming off a hissy paper, fit. So I mean, yeah. you know, they just um, need to settle down. They need out. to do a little Aaron Rodgers R E L A S. Yeah, relax. relax. Yes. You got an easy. Just relax, relax. Get back to it. Get back to your fundamentals. Uh, Bills, who are a shaky team next week. Uh, you know, Steelers twice. Have the Dolphins coming up. Still the Bengals twice. Cardinals. So definitely some winnable games. <laughs> I guess before we, we move on, because we don't want to waste your time too much with a game that's probably already happened by the time you listen to this, uh, Zach, what's your score prediction? Oh, uh, my score prediction? Uh, I'm going to go, uh, go 35-10. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, I, ne- I never thought anyone would be bolder than I was. What about you, Josh? Uh, I'm going to go uh, 17-10, Brownies. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a lot of people have told me in my life that I need to put my money where my mouth is. Oh. So showing to the other two people, the other two gentlemen in oh, this room, man. I have the bet slip. Browns minus four. I will take the Browns. I think they win 27 to 10. Broncos cannot get much of an offense started. No. Hopefully no. only one turnover or less by the Browns, and I think they control this game all the way through, win this game easily. And cover the four-point spread. I, I, so I Uncle like Greggy it. gets paid. Uncle you, Greggy. you got to keep us updated on uh, on the social media with that one. We yeah. Gotta, we yeah. got to hear how that one turns out because I like the 27-10 to 10 call there. That's mm. nice. 
That's nice. Uh, we do have um, uh, next week. We have our pickums from last week when we were talking about the uh, November tenth show next weekend. It'll be nine games into the season for uh, the Browns, Bengals, and the Cavs. I think the Cavs got this though. I I don't so, know how. Taking a look at it, uh, the Browns two and five. Bengals have already eliminated themselves <laughs> before we even got to this segment at zero and eight. So they can only be uh, one and eight. Cavs are two and three. Uh, we're one and one when we mentioned it last week. Uh, beat the Chicago Bulls, but lost in Milwaukee and in Indiana. So they will have the. I mean, obviously they'll have the most games between then. But uh, Zach, you still going to stay with the Cavs? Yeah. How can't they? How can't? I mean, like you. I don't remember what the schedule layout was, but I mean, it was um, winnable. They got to win um, two more. Yeah, they got to at win least two, two more. So uh, I mean, unless the Browns, so, you know, yeah, yeah. we're also we're also a little bit ahead. The Cavs playing tonight. They'll uh, host the Mavericks and then yeah. host the that's probably Celtics a loss. on Tuesday. Uh, mm, and then the Wizards on Friday. They'll go they to Washington win that, and then. Uh, Sunday they go to the Knicks at seven thirty. They so should win that one. We might be recording yeah. during that game, and that could be the the difference in everything. But uh, I see the Browns going four and five. Honestly, I'll I'll, I'll still say that the, I think they both finish four and five after mm. all this. But uh, I got to stick with my guns. Browns all the way. Oh boy. Browns all the way. Hot take of the week. Browns all the way. I don't know if that's ever been said before. Uh, that phrase. People go Browns around, all people, the way. People go around downtown Cleveland screaming that all the time. But uh, speaking of uh, ranking some of the teams around here, uh, our next segment goes back to college basketball. Ranking the uh, United States of college basketball. So uh, Matt Norlander of CBS Sports and uh, host of I on College Basketball podcast did a ranking of all the teams in certain states. So you look at, like, New Mexico, there's only two teams. So it's New Mexico State and New Mexico. But Ohio's pretty interesting. Uh, oh, he ranks great list. all 13 teams in Ohio. And a little bit of a shocker, has Cincinnati 1, and then Ohio State and Xavier at 2 and 3, Dayton at 4. Uh, some of the stuff that he says is uh, four very good teams this season though Xavier and Ohio State fans are flummoxed over how I could pick Cincinnati uh you know looks like three good teams Mm -hmm. uh in the state maybe even four good teams in the state four tournament teams so Uh, I think any of them could finish up the best I mean I expect Xavier to win like two or three games but I think they'll win more than that the team that just lost to Akron Akron shooting only you you said last week that Akron could possibly be the worst college football team there is but they (laughs) can't be that great at basketball well they used to be though I mean Akron historically has been but yeah that's fair yeah they're not supposed to be this year so So. one of one of the uh interesting things and there were a couple takes I also said it's the worst college in the country (laughs) okay I, I was I didn't want to accuse you of going that bold with it but that is what you said i went bold some would say it's not even the worst college in ohio based on uh, certain colleges in norwood not no cincinnati uh, bias there that's fair but yeah. uh one that of the interesting college. things between uh cincinnati and xavier is uh cincinnati under brandon as we already mentioned very up tempo um mm-hmm. xavier under travis Steele, working on more of a defensive mantra have some guys with you know some long arms athletic mm-hmm. So we'll be interesting to see. It looks like Cincinnati might be going towards the normal Xavier way of doing things, shooting a lot of threes, quick offense. 
and Xavier might be trying mm-hmm. to slow it down and play more defense. So yeah, that could lead to could, an interesting cross be an interesting. That could be weird. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're only we're only about a month away from the crosstown shootout, and then uh, I, I'm excited to see Dayton. Dayton's kind of reloaded yeah. now a little bit, and. Uh, you know, I mean, he says in this article, uh, the, you know, Cincinnati's definitely the highest ceiling. And but he says, as far as right. ceiling goes, you know, Dayton could be up there. Yeah. I mean, if they make a good run um, and and uh, non conference, then mm. who knows? Yeah, it is going to be weird. Like you're talking about with the, he's obviously really pushing the the UC offense as like kind of their leader, and I that's never been said in the the Cronin era ever. No, it's always I, been defense it's been first. A, it's been a very long time. Yeah. Since since I've heard, that. I don't really have a problem with this season as a high state fan. Like I said, I feel like even for year three of Holtman's era, it's almost still like probably UC fans with you know feeling with Brandon. Where so like I don't really know what we got. There's stu- there's pieces there, but yeah. it's gonna be interesting to see. And um, after uh, having Archie Miller, um, mm-hmm. younger brother of Sean Miller, leave, they kind of had to reload. Got Anthony Grant, who uh, fun fact. We're talking was, about Dayton. Yeah. yeah sorry, I was talking about Dayton. Oh, sorry. For Dayton. Sorry, I was trying to look up some stuff. Uh, Anthony Grant was the coach at Alabama, and one of his top assistants was John Brandon there. Mm-hmm. So look for them to possibly be a, a schedule pairing going mm-hmm. forward. Got some uh, good teams on the schedule. We'll face uh, Tom Crean and them boys in Georgia going to the Maui Invitational. So certainly some oh, non-con uh, places for them to play mm-hmm. well. A-10 has been a okay conference so certainly a place that you can at least get more than one team in so right. it'll be it interesting be to see how the best. flyers do it should be at its best this year yeah like you said they got georgia uh they got 20 st mary's and then they've got uh uh vcu uh yeah. currently as the last preseason rank right now they're 25 and then you've also got the uh always decent uh your rhode islands davidson's yeah, and there. So I yeah, mean, the A10s that might might help the resume a little bit. Right. A10s, A10s, what it is. Um, but Dayton does have you know a few non-cons on it's there. It's a that two three school, out. you know, tournament. Two three. Yeah, I, so it's it's certainly one of those things. Uh, will be interesting to see how all these teams kind of finish up. I mean, really, you could see any any um, any of the top three teams probably being the best, but it looks like Dayton has a great chance to be kind of the best of the rest. And uh, if Ohio's going to get four teams into the tournament, it's probably going to be Dayton or, obviously, maybe one of the max schools just because there's so many in Ohio. Well, well, yeah, they'll get one. But uh, speaking of some Ohio college sports, uh, one of the big pieces of news from Cincinnati this week, uh, Mike Mike Bone, the uh, AD of Cincinnati, is expected to be announced as the – AD of USC on Monday. So that's kind of a big hit for the Bearcats. Has uh, hired a lot of their uh, solid coaches, whether it's men's or women's basketball or football. A lot of those programs getting turned around. So it's done a lot for the school, and uh, will be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they move on from this. Yeah, I think I think uh, I, I was really worried that I was going to have to come on here today and be like, it was a sad weekend to be a Bearcat because the mm-hmm. Bearcats lost and Mike Bowen's leaving. Uh, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's all that bad. Mike Bone has done, yeah, like you said, a fantastic job here. I mean, inherited a really, uh, disconnected kind of like all over the place mess a little bit. And when you go, I mean, when you go down to Clifton now, it's all very like centralized. You've got mm-hmm. the beautiful, uh, uh, 
what do they call it? The uh, Varsity Village. Varsity Village. Okay, Varsity yeah. Village now. All the teams themselves are very connected. I remember the one time I went down to the uh, the ladies cross down shootout mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. and uh, the guys came out in the middle of the first quarter and uh, were just like losing their minds. And that's just a regular thing for yeah. them that I don't think you used to see back in the day, really. Um, the game day experience is just so much mm-hmm. better. The hires. The hires yeah. and the renovations to Fifth Third Arena and Nippert Stadium. Uh, the next AD, though, is not going to inherit that big rebuilding project that right. Mike Bone did. The next AD needs to come in, mm-hmm. stay the course, and keep all the new hires happy. Well, yeah, that's man. it. Hey, you help, give him help credit. To pay him, help to keep him away from other it's not just the, you know, conferences. The big two, though. Um, you've seen the UC baseball program makes leaps and bounds over the last few yeah. years. Uh, I think in men's soccer teams, competitive. And, and so just taking and men and a men's women. baseball team, the, that's the what I'm women's saying, yeah. soccer team. Just, just taking you know. a look at some of the hires under Bone. Uh, there's Luke Fickle for football, mm-hmm. uh, John Brandon for basketball, but then also uh, – Michelle Clark heard in women's basketball she has been fantastic. They have yeah. been so much more competitive. I mean, have been one of the upper teams in the um, in the AAC. Actually, got them to the NIT, which is something that I mean, even though it's not the NCAA tournament, it's a huge step forward in one of her first uh, seasons. And then able to steal Scott Guggins away from Xavier, mm-hmm. yeah. and they were up uh, a baseball. tournament team. In they baseball. were, yeah, they were. That was a nice steal. And um, now. Who was wearing one of those AAC baseball <laughs> championship rings? That's his kids, though. To yeah, be fair, getting, exactly. No, I know. He's, we're I mean, he's an alum. Uh, people, possible replacements. People though. forget that he played football at UC um, after his minor league baseball career flamed out. Um, so he's an alum. I mean, it's not a crazy idea. A lot, yeah. I mean, I'm really a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. Urban Myers. I mean, I doubt it. I'd be shocked, but I, I would be. I would be it's very pleasantly surprised. But yeah, I think so, it's worth a phone according call. According to um, Cincinnati.com and some of their sources, agents for some of the potential candidates were already expressing interest because, mm-hmm. like we've mentioned, it's a very. I mean, it seems like an an attractive job yep. right now. You have it's some of nice you. Job. You have some great coaches. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the facilities have been renovated. Big university. Big I university. Mean, uh, you know, chance to put yourself on the map. And then also, you, you hate to kind of see Cincinnati as a stepping stone, but you saw Babcock moved on to Virginia Tech, got a good, you know, got a good and job SC, there. that's a and blue blood SC. job. Yeah, so, I mean. well, certainly I, an attractive job, but you look at uh, just some names that have been floating around you here, Urban Meyer, and then uh, also in the Ohio State pendulum of things, you also hear uh, possible Youngstown State president, I don't see Jim him leaving that. I just think, I mean, hey, it'd be fun, but I, I don't see. I think that's way more far fetched than the herb. Yeah, I, I, I would love to. I would love to see either Jim Trestle. Or I would much more love to see Urban Meyer. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think Trestle comes. I could see Urban thinking mm-hmm. because Urban's got that. He, well, he's got the Fox deal, and then he's got the associate AD or whatever they're calling it at Ohio State. Yeah. But you're not gonna wait out that job, like. No, no. I mean, I, neither of those are very likely. Um, I'm not super familiar with the AD world as far as who's running what, what would be a good fit. Um, I think you got to bring somebody in who has connections. Um, because because who next, can 
like you're saying, mm-hmm. like, cause you need the connections for the scheduling because, you know, Mike Bone has started to build out. We've we got, you know, mm-hmm. basketball playing Tennessee this year. Right. Um, Football the, down the line, getting some good schools, you know, like uh, Boise State and whatnot on right. the schedule. Yeah. Some of the Big Ten teams and whatnot. Uh, Notre Dame, I think, coming so, up. Mm-hmm. So Mike Bone sets you up for that. The next AD needs to run with that and take that to the next spot of, you know, continuing that that mm-hmm. that power six kind of mentality. Fund- fundraising as yeah. well that's a big one if you want to keep fickle a little while longer i mean you got to pay him so do you guys do you guys think fickle goes with him uh, uh that's honestly i know i said that and we were texting about I, I, it's not crazy i don't think it's crazy but uh Helton's not saying the only reason i say and i agreed he doesn't have the connections out there that's difficult for a coach who i mean he's ohio guy through and through recruiting and stuff that's a that's a big change yeah that would be my only, and I, I could see him I staying. Think, I think possibly a, a West Coast guy. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Fickle, Urban Meyer, even has has been floated out there. But I think yeah, probably okay. a West Coast guy that has some connections, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Fickle will get considered for a lot of jobs. But I don't know if USC is exactly the job for him. I think no. if he leaves, I think there'll be plenty of other opportunities for him. Outside. And I think he's okay right now. Fickle's very deliberate guy known from I mean look how long he was at Ohio State yeah. from his playing days there I think he's gonna wait till the perfect job and I don't know if you see the perfect job right now I think that the pieces are there it's a difficult I mean it's I don't know I don't know if you want to walk into that right now yeah I mean it's certainly something to to kind of think about I mean Fickle was even getting considered for some jobs last year but yeah. uh, has stayed the course so far and uh us in Cincinnati really hope that he stays the course for a oh, little bit longer sure but so uh, obviously, some people nationally are going to be hoping for his services just based on how he's done, and I think that's a good uh, transition to national news. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, uh, just another shout-out to the beer we are drinking, the mm-hmm. Fathead's Starlight German-style lager, before we get into some... Time is that a little bit of music, Josh? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, I think we're going to be leading into some national, national news? news? Well, I, I'm throwing this kind of like just, just break break mm-hmm. in right now because i have been looking forward to cracking this second one open this is great this is a great it beer. is a good beer yeah well yeah sometimes when you crack your first beer before uh the show yeah, starts, before the show it takes a little while to get to your josh beer. josh showed up late and then decided to start drinking before we even started the professionalism just oozes from josh yeah, i know i know <laughs> but this starlight german style lager from fatheads brewery up in the cleveland Fantastic. Up in the land. Yeah, up in Middleburg Heights. Uh, and I think we shared that sediment, Zach. If we could find out how to figure out these ones and twos, then uh, we these... might be looking for replacements. <laughs> Man. <laughs> wow. Cold-blooded. No, I'm just kidding. We got this. Uh, we're only on episode three, so we're going to have to get a little bit further before we get to any of that stuff. But uh, and... getting to something that just happened recently, the Week 12 AP polls are out. Um a lot of teams on buys, including, uh, I believe, all of the top five teams. So yeah. looking at the top five, LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Penn State round out the top five. Really the only big uh, moving points. Florida drops down to 10 after a loss to Georgia. Um, and SMU drops eight spots after a loss to Memphis, who gains uh, five spots. So SMU down to 23. Memphis down to 18. Looking at Ohio, we have Ohio State at three, and then uh, Cincinnati standing pat at number 17. But they're the highest group of five now. Yeah, they, they, they are. are now the highest group of five team, which uh, 
if they can stay up in that area, maybe gain a spot or two, they will be in great position to take the group of five spot in the New Year's Six Bowl, which I believe is a Cotton Bowl invite this week or this year. Oh, yeah. Nice bowl. So, hey, I mean, when you're looking at a group of five team, you know, you don't always have your your sights set on uh, national championships, but you have your sights set on, hey, win a conference, you know, championship, get to Mm -hmm. a New Year's Six Bowl, show, you know, show these big boys that you're also a powerhouse and uh, certainly a lot of work to be done for the rest of their schedule, but something good. That's a difficult end. It's weird to have the four teams in the AAC up in the top 25 with Navy coming in at 25. Right, now, I mean, so. power six, right? No, no. I, yeah, yeah, American power. I, I'm working I'm working on a piece for uh, next week's show looking at uh, some of the matchups we've had in the AAC mm. this year and how it just might not be better football. Um, <laughs> and, and in some cases it is, I think. But entertainment value mm. from AAC games this year versus uh, Pac-12 or Big 12. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I mean, you look all – Four of the uh, all four of the ranked teams only with one loss, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of them, you know, reasonably impressive losses. You know, Cincinnati's only loss was to Ohio State. Uh, SMU only lost to Memphis. So, a, a lot of decent teams and a lot of worthy teams to be in the top twenty-five. So, uh, certainly looking good towards. Well, the especially when you have, like the Pac-12 just fell off a cliff as a conference as a whole. I mean. That helps out a little bit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is that you got to carry that momentum now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. While while they're I mean, turning down, you need to go. Oh yeah. And so far, I mean, this year, I mean, I, I mean, they, uh, they seemed like that SMU uh, Memphis broadcast mm-hmm. on ABC for College Game Day. First off, hats off to Memphis. Beale Street was. Oh, I saw oh, that. It, it looked like the draft the in Nashville. Yeah. It looked cool, man. I was it's like, man, crazy. we should have popped down there or something. Liberty man. Bowl looked crazy. And that was, <laughs> 30 rack on the road. 30 rack on the road. That was quite the uh, please uh, do not drink and drive. Please drink Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yikes. Yikes. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think. I spent the podcast. Yeah, I, I think the uh, that Memphis SMU game did a lot for the conference. Um, just mm-hmm. well, and did a lot to the rankings too. But no, yeah, no, it's um, I don't know. I still think I don't know. I thought the Big Twelve was gonna expand, and that was that was a bad look. UC goes down, gives a proposal, and then the Big Twelve's like, you know what? We changed. <laughs> yeah. We're just not gonna and take anybody. You know what? Now they uh, now the Big Twelve has Oklahoma and Baylor ranked. Yeah, I mean, what a trash conference, though. I guess Kansas State. K-State, Oklahoma, yeah. Baylor, Kansas yeah. State. So that's actually less teams. Right, yeah. So the AAC. Pac-12. The Pac-12, Pac-12 has the two in the top ten uh, with yeah. Oregon and the Utes. Yeah, and that's but, it. Yeah, that's and that's two. it, right? Yeah. That's oh, it. oh, my God. So taking a look at them, I mean, would be nice. We'll get back to uh, some of our top teams in the AP poll as we mm-hmm. – do our rank them for the first college football poll in just a little bit. But uh, coming out on Tuesday. This next, week. we're going to move to a little bit of big news here. The Washington Nationals oh, this yeah. week getting their first World Series championship. Not even the Expos got one. Nationals. They were close. First 94. championship. First playoff series win this year as the Nationals and mm-hmm. got all the way. Uh, Bryce Harper left in free agency, but still able to get it done. First series ever in uh, any of the three major sports that do series that all 
games in yeah. the series were won by the road team. So, oh, yeah, uh, that was crazy. Just wild. Zach, that was well, wild. Zach, what are your thoughts on uh, what this means for the Nationals? And oh, I mean, I'm excited was? as um, I've always liked the Nationals. I don't know. I was pretty excited. Obviously, I hate the Astros more than anything in the world. Um, I don't know. Game seven, that was fun, though. That was a fun was a game. game Max Scherzer just battling, just grinding it out i thought granky pitched well granky pitched amazing oh uh, well, he did some defensive plays there you saw you know his big linky ass get up in the air a couple of times um you know but once again it was weird it was a weird game though it was like two nothing right and then that howie kendrick bomb and it was just like a weird and it was like three you know they scored three runs there all of a sudden it's three two game turn um the astros just look worn out offensively for parts of this series where they yeah. just weren't going to get anything going um, you know, I was happy for the Nats. You got Ashdrubal Cabrera, the animal. You could do my shout out early. I'll go and throw that in there. I want to shout out to the ex Indians. You know, you got to leave Cleveland to get rings, but <laughs> that's right. You got it. You got it. You always leave. You got to leave. But um, I was happy for them. And it, you know, once again, though, I think baseball. You know, from the 16 series on, it's just been really exciting baseball this last decade in the series, and I think that's helped a lot. Yeah, I think it's been. I mean, it's been good. It's been a lot of seven mm-hmm. game series and everything. So. Um... Good to see everybody, you know, I guess putting it together, both leagues, mm-hmm. you know, putting their best foot forward. And seven-game series are exciting for everyone because it's a lot of, you know, good play back right. and forth and uh, good opportunity for, you know, both teams to really show what they can do. And in the end, both teams played so well throughout this entire playoff series. Oh, yeah. overcome some bumps and bruises, obviously. Grinky was up and down, but was so good in game seven. Oh, he was. Scherzer was hurt. Uh, you know, had to get a cortisone shot in his neck. Just battled Not through five pretty, innings. but he got and it done. got through it. And at the yeah. end of the day, I mean, it seemed like both teams were deserving, but the Nationals just made a, a few more plays. That was, uh, that was a great series. And so on. I think it perfectly captures like the beauty of baseball oh, yeah. and how unpredictable one swing. this game is. One yeah, swing one and swing. Turn change yeah because it looked like the nationals had nothing going there you're like oh man granky's gonna go eight or something and then they're done but yeah they pulled them a little early and and some of that stuff happened but uh some yeah something happened uh speaking of the unpredictability of baseball Mm -hmm. uh we've got uh here at the 30 rack of sports we're gonna throw an extra six pack of stats at you what what so it's cold uh we've got uh we we were talking about uh the the juiced balls yeah uh so many home runs in baseball this year six thousand seven hundred seventy six home runs plus uh that's up six hundred seventy one from last year uh just a little add on on that one uh fourteen teams set their franchise record for home runs. It seemed like something happened with the ball because it, it was did. just flying all over the place pitchers were having issues. Guys that hadn't hit that many home runs were hitting right. home runs. And- you know, part of it's the ball. Part of it's the swing angles they go through. It, that's what baseball is now. There's home runs. Get over it. I'm tired of yeah. hearing the old people complain about it. Well, you know, it's not the dead baller anymore. Yeah, there's, like, uh, there's not as much bump. It is what it is. It's a three-outcome game now. Yeah. Home run, strikeout, walk. That, that's It's three outcomes. But honestly, for uh, for sports struggling like baseball, I mean, it was cool to see some action. I mean, mm-hmm. seeing mammoth home runs, like that's oh, yeah. going back to the 90s with some of the home run races. It's always cool to see some of these guys chasing that, you know, some records. That brings in those uh, those casual fans. Well, We're all diehard fans. We'll watch yeah. no matter what. But that brings those casual fans in that they've struggled. 
to get. Well, and we're seeing more home runs from players we might not see home runs mm-hmm. for uh, all the time. 499. That's how many home runs that came from the eight hole. Oh, the wow. eight hole hit 499 home runs. That's uh that's that's that's, that's more than that's more than ever before from the eight hole. Uh and that just shows you that it's it's not just yeah. like a couple of guys. Yeah, really... and you no. you look at a lot of those eight hole players. You know, I mean, obviously in the American League, it's it's not quite your your worst hitter, but usually it's more of a defensive guy. Right. In both in both leagues. Oh yeah. Or so a young kid. That or you're not or sure. a young yeah. kid. Yeah. So you you know you're maybe looking for. I mean, a lot of times Ten that's in the National League. That's your catcher in the American League. Like you're saying that's your weakest. Yeah. So uh, you, you know you're looking for maybe ten home runs a year. Right. You know maybe. 250 total but they got to about double that so uh you know certainly something can show when even mm-hmm. your worst hitters are, are getting more home runs and like i said you know like you said could be juice balls could be just launch angles as people have been trying to hit more home runs right. because that's they something think it that pays which i think makes shows why the market's not been very good for hitters because no, no one's paying for home runs anymore when everybody's hitting 20 Here's a guy who hit more than 20, though. Uh, one more last home run stat for you. 44 for Cody Bellinger. Not a single <laughs> one, uh, not not a single pitcher did right. he hit two home runs off of. All 44 home runs came off of a different pitcher. And for some of you guys who don't watch a whole lot of baseball, the reason why that's such an insane stat is you face you oh, know, yeah. all the rest of the teams in your division four times. He's hit – he had a few multi-home run games. So you wonder, you know, sometimes it's off the same guy. You face closers a bunch. And, heck, even if you're hot in a series, mm-hmm. you face the same relievers a couple times. So unbelievable uh, yeah, that it just – that he was, one, able to get home runs off that many guys, but, two, just the fact that – It's a weird stat. He didn't get – yeah, he, he there was no – Pitcher, you know, no Rockies pitcher mm-hmm. that he faced twice that oh, he yeah. happened to home run off of. Like. There was only one player in history, one other player in history to hit at least 40 home runs all off of different pitchers. You want to take a shot in the in dark? In history? If this was just a couple years ago in 2015. 2015, he hit 40 plus. 40 plus. American League or National League? You got to narrow it down. Uh, uh, is it it Nelson been, Cruz? It would have been American League then. American League. You're going Nelson. Nelson, that's a good one. He used to be in the National League. In the National League Central, and now he's in the American. Oh, I was gonna say he's not. He's still playing. Pujols. Pujols. Oh, oh nice. As Pujols, he hit forty in twenty fifteen, all off of different people. That's I forgot. You always forget. Uh, Pujols is is over uh, yeah, there in right. the Yeah, you do. Off to the side over there. Um, here's one that we're all familiar with here in Cincinnati. Uh, eight ejections for David Bell, the most this season, Damn. the most in Reds history. and uh, He's a one, baby, man. One shy of uh, breaking uh, his father's record of nine. Oh, so. he's going for the record. Is that Buddy Bell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the apple yeah. does not fall far. But, yeah, I mean, he was one of those guys that, you know, I mean, he was out there. You know, living and dying with his team out yeah. there, trying oh, yeah. to be the the front guy for his Not team. Not knocking him. I think, totally support it. I, I, honestly, yeah, I think players love that. And I think well, yeah. it's been shown because the Reds were at least not fully in it, but at least kind of on the edge of being in it for way longer than you expected, you know, into August and whatnot. And I think some of that shows when your manager is willing to get out there for you and is willing to rally behind a team, it, it really helps morale in a clubhouse and really – Helps you, you know, have some more respect and belief in a manager that will go out and fight for you as a player. Here's a here's my favorite one. The number, and this is kind of 
two numbers at one, but the main number here is 63.01. That is the Major League Baseball save percentage. It is the third lowest wow. all time. Trailing only 1951, 45.1 save percentage, and 1974, 61.5 percentage. That explains a lot. A lot of crazy games this year, though. So, well, to take it a step further, that's sixty-three point. Uh, mm-hmm. That's about sixty-three percent save percentage there. In other related development, four point five is the major league wide relief ERA. So you're wow, having a relief yeah. ERA, which is the ninth highest on record. So just to explain this for some of our audience, also myself. But that's 63% of the time a closer or someone goes out for a save, do they actually get said save? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yes. yeah. We just wanted to make sure for... No, for yourself. But everybody yeah, else. For Sorry, yes. That but, is 63%. Uh, but that, that also goes into the home run thing. You know, so a lot of times closers, you know, they can yeah. give up a few hits, but, you know, you, you miss one pitch and guys are going to hit it out. I just, whether that you're in the one hole or the eight hole. I don't... And I think part of that is we don't... We have those dominant closers right now. I mean, um, Chapman's always been a little. He always seems to make a weird pitch decision. You know what I mean? Where it's even like, the, why yeah. do you throw a even, slider there? Even, that guy can't even touch your fastball. Things even like that. Him and Kirby Yates, uh, the only two uh, mm. with forty plus saves this year, barely got. There. I mean, and Brad both Hand got there is a solid, cl- but he had a rough couple months yeah, there. That really lower. Brad Hand down. came yeah, Brad in under. Yeah. That's the thing. I think two things. One. Uh, you you have some rough patches that people go through because people you know mm-hmm. start to figure you out a little bit. But I think too, there haven't been the dominant closers, so there's a lot of closers by committee. And for a, a, lot know, of a number of teams that. that don't have the good bullpens, if the ninth inning's just different, that's what everybody says yeah. about the ninth oh, inning. Yeah. So when you're not used to being in that situation, you see it time and time again. Maybe trying to give your closer a night off because. People are very, you know, stingy yeah. about. Hey, we don't want to overuse our closer. I think it's you a give money up a home run thing. or something. I think it's a money thing too. Teams, teams are wanting to not spend, you know, fifteen million a year on a top flight closer. They're going to go the yeah. committee route. Uh, it's a uh, fewest, fewest uh, forty save closers since nineteen eighty eight. Oh, uh, we got one more for you uh, with pitchers. Forty five complete games it says something about the you know pace and everything in the game. Forty five complete games, uh, forty five uh, pitchers that have completed a game and thrown a complete game. That's a fifth as many from when there were in two thousand. I mean that's uh, yeah that that and that's part of the pace issue though. It's just you're pulling guys, you know yeah, guys the quick aren't hook like going everywhere. Yeah, and then what do you do? You start matchup pitching. That's when you're making three pitching changes in one inning and things like that. Um. Just the way the games change, though, guys don't go. You know, guys, that's hard for guys to get to 200 innings. Yeah, guys, they don't want guys to, you know, go much more than 100 pitches. And then the other thing is, you know, you're you're overworking your body because it's not like guys are throwing 91 or 92. Guys are throwing oh, yeah, 97, no. 98. And once they start to lose a mile an hour on that fastball, you yank them right away. Mm-hmm. You look at also the statistics the third time you go through, through that lineup. lineup. Yeah. But just a, a a little bit of a fun fact with that. 45 complete games this year. If you look at um, the namesake for the Cy Young Awards, Cy Young, <laughs> though this was in 1892, in 1892, Cy Young had 48 complete games by himself that year. So uh, certainly yeah. a change, obviously, oh, I mean, many even, years like ago. Like my dad but, talks about, you know, 60s, 70s guys were throwing, you know, 15, 20. Ple- I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, it's just. 
And I think the complete game leader this past year was two or three. Yeah, I mean, Kluber a few years ago, I think, led with seven or something like that at least, you know. Just don't see it anymore. All right, uh, real quick, we gotta do our uh, our pickums for the college first mm. college football playoff ranking comes out on Tuesday night. Uh, real quick, let's uh, just go around the horn here, Greg. Uh, yeah, so I have LSU, uh, Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson. I think that's pretty consensus whether the order is in. Uh, Penn State at five, and then do have Oregon at six. I think their loss is a little bit better than Georgia's loss over South Carolina, but. Uh, could possibly have a chance to get a Pac-12 team well, to sneak that's in. That's fair. Uh, I'm pretty much spot on with you, big guy. Uh, I just got UGA at six. Um, SEC bias. Anybody? I mean, what's <laughs> going with that one? What about you, Josh? Uh, I, I'm pretty close. I, I actually do still have Ohio State as number one for myself. Uh, yeah. Ohio State, LSU, Bama. And I, I'll put Clemson at number four. I could see Penn State maybe at number four. Mm-hmm. And I'll go I'll go uh, first two out, Georgia and Oregon. No. I. You know, Josh, I think that uh, that Ohio State number one is just trying to keep you out of Zach Zingers as we start uh, to get into our last yeah. our last segment of the day. We've got our Zingers, Jeers, and Grumbles. Zach, would you like to start with your? Uh, oh yeah, zinger? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as a Packers fan, I'm just excited to do this one. Always when I want to zing uh, Matt Nagy today. Uh, last yes. week, uh, 17-16 loss to the Chargers. They had the ball. Uh, third down, decided to take a knee with 40 seconds left and then try a 41-yarder from Pinheiro. Obviously, he missed it because it's Chicago and they just cannot seem to find a kicker. When asked after the game if he had thought about passing or running the ball to get a little closer, um, he proceeded to be an asshole about it and basically said, to be brutally honest, no, we didn't. What would happen if you pass the ball and it's an interception the game's over? And what if they fumble the football? Fair enough. One, fair question from the reporter. Don't get all defensive about it. Two, honestly think... You lost the game anyways. The idea that you didn't think about running the ball. You have to put the ball in your players' hands at some point, right? I mean, if you can't trust Trubisky not to make a bad decision or just run it up the gut, I don't understand that. Um, I'm just going to zing him. Just, I don't know. I just... Don't be a dick to the reporters when they're just doing their job. All right, next we're going to Josh. Josh, who are you jeering? Uh, I'm, I'm not really jeering anybody. Um, it is, uh, for those of us that follow high school sports here in Ohio, big high school football people out there, uh, you, it is uh, playoff time. Playoff. The, OHS, the OHSA is thinking about going from, it's currently eight teams per division, divisions one through seven mm-hmm. here in Ohio. Um, they're currently thinking of taking those eight teams and making it 12 teams, shortening the preseason and everything would still end on the corresponding dates that they do now. I really think they should do the 12 playoff team systems because like down here in Cincinnati in Division 2, you have Winton Woods, a one-loss team out of the playoffs. Crazy. I think it's ridiculous. You have Greg and I's alma mater, Mason, at 5-5 five and five oh, in what? the playoffs. So I think we could look at a little reform there. The whether five better be, teams should not be in the playoffs. Whether right, that be anything, looking, at, looking at I'm the in. computer I'm rankings or expanding how many teams... Something needs to be done to oh, you know, include the teams that have earned it. Greg? All right. So I I hate to do this with my grumble. I really hate to do this. I do so much. But my grumble is going to be with my quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker has made, the, uh, has made headlines a number of times for causing some issues. I uh, got into it and walked off of the set. Because or walked off of his press conference because of uh, some questions by reporter Tony Grossi. 
Now, I hate Gorosi as much as most of you in Cleveland do. He's a guy who threatened to quit if the Browns took Baker Mayfield. Did not quit. No big deal. But uh, Baker has gotten into it too many times with too many different reporters. I love the fire. I love the intensity. Grow up. But there are times where you just have to shut up, throw in your couple of stock answers, and get out of there. We don't need any more distractions at this point. We have a head coach that's in over his head. We have some big personalities that aren't doing what they should, Mm -hmm. some bad penalties, and a lot of losses. And right now, the focus just needs to be on winning. I don't care if you Marshawn Lynch it and just say thank you. You can do that. Whatever happens, keep yourself out of the headline grab. Keep yourself off Golik and Wingo, off Cowherd. Go in, win games. That's what we need to do. Please beat the Broncos today and get yourself on a winning streak. Because guess what? If we're making the playoffs, say whatever you want. I don't care. But right now, win the games you need to win and stop worrying about the press. R-E-L-A-X. Just relax and do it. All right, uh, let's close this stuff out and get to our shout-outs real quick. I already gave my shout-out. The animal and Azzy again getting that ring. Uh, my shout-out to one of the teams that uh, we didn't really mention today, the Cavs. Kobe Altman got an extension, uh, has really rebuilt this team after LeBron has left. Maybe not a great team, but at least a fun team to watch. So shout-out to him, finding some good young talent and hopefully leading us into a Cavaliers era of, heck, at least competitive basketball and some playoff basketball. Uh, my shout-out is going to be to uh, future Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback Evan Prater, who I had the pleasure of covering Friday night in his championship game for the Cincinnati Hills League uh, for Wyoming High School. Uh, ran for a career high, over 300 rushing yards, a couple touchdowns, and a conference championship. Stayed the entire time. Usually, like when I by the time I'm done you know, doing all my stuff there, the field is clear and everything. Yeah. Stayed there talking to little kids, talking to reporters the whole time. That's cool. Just a class act, Evan Prater, and I uh, can't wait for him. Congratulations on a great senior season, and can't wait for uh, him to be a Bearcat. Well, thank you so much for listening today, wherever you're listening. We're on everything. We're on iTunes. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Spotify. We're 30 on Podbeat, Rack of Sports. Wherever you can find us, 30 Rack of Sports, on Twitter, 30 Rack Sports Podcast, on Facebook. Look for us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back this time next week. For Zach, Josh, I'm Greg. Peace. Peace. 30 Rack.